Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless Mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. One hour away, Kyle Busch going to join us. 2015 NASCAR champion. Talk to him about Richmond coming up tomorrow. Uh, t- I should say tonight. Getting my rods and cones mixed up. Coming up tonight. Also, the health of NASCAR, how to improve NASCAR. Get his ideas on it. I'm going to talk a little bit about that and the PGA coming up at 120. Because... Anytime you talk about the PGA, is Tiger going to win? Do you guys root, root for Tiger? Do you still root for Tiger? Well, if you if you root for Tiger, are you a bad person? Do you condone cheating on your wife? Do you condone, do you condone sex addicts? 855-2124-CBS. If you don't root for Tiger, then who are your other favorite athletes? Do you condone what they've done? Why don't you like to? It's always a Tiger thing. And there's a problem behind that. And you already know what the problem behind that. And I think NASCAR is going through the same thing. I think NASCAR has been going through the same thing. Get to that coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. 855-2124-CBS. I remember the day I turned 21. And I walked in there to the gas station. And, I, yeah, of course, the night when you turn mid, when it's midnight and everything like that. You go, you have some drinks, you load up, you party, you have a good time. So that was the night I turned 21. But I remember the next day, on my 21st birthday, I go into the gas station, corner of Lincoln Way and Genoa Road. I walk in there. I go straight to the beer cave at the Speedway. I grab a 12-pack of Bush. All you beer snobs, I don't even want to hear it. Shut up. I grab a 12-pack of Bush, and I walk up there like I'm the cat's ass. And I put that beer on that on that counter. This is after I've gotten my license renewed. I put that beer on that counter, and I'm just waiting. That'll be 683. And I got my license out and all that stuff. Come on. Come on and do it. Like, there is a different feeling. When you turn 21 and you go to buy beer for the first time and you just can't wait to get carded, they don't card you. Something about the confidence you have. Because you're 21 now. You are an adult. You're full-on an adult. You are seeing things for the first time. You're either at the end of your college years, maybe you're even out of college. It's different now. You've been working, but you ain't able to buy alcohol. You haven't been able to do a couple of things. You've been maybe giving a couple of extra bucks to your older brother, your cousin, or your buddy's older brother to get you guys beers. You know how that works out. And now you're full-fledged. This is the end. 
This is where it, for, for later on, it's the end, but this is where it starts. There's no more big birthdays after this, but you don't know and you don't care because you're 21, and now the world is officially your oyster. You think about the way things were when you were 21. You didn't care about marriage. You didn't care about family. You didn't care about most of you. Some of you did, maybe. Who knows your background? But most folks, you didn't care about marriage. You didn't care about family. You didn't care about finding a wife or a husband or anything like that. Boy, it was carefree, and the life was just one great big party. That was most of us, driving around in a Chevy Cavalier or an S10 Or maybe an old Plymouth Horizon or something like that because those cars are usually bad when you're 21 years old and you're just trying to pound it out and find your next way in life. It's weird how your 20s start. And when you turn 21, it's a milestone for you. And for the next couple of years, you're young, you're exuberant, things are fun for you. You're Again, you're not thinking about any of those things in the future. And when somebody came up to you and talked to you about anything in the world and they were 34 or 35 years old, you didn't see things the way they saw it because you weren't 34 or 35. You didn't see things how they saw things. You didn't have the responsibilities that they had. And to you, 34, 35, that's close to 40. That's ancient. That's not real. I know. I'll never get to that. Now, you, you think that you're going to stay 21, 22, 23, 26, 25 forever. That's how you thought. Now add millions of dollars. Now add maybe a shoe deal in commercials. Now add cars. Now add an entourage. Now add air travel to and from wherever you want to go. Add that all together. You think there's a chance in hell any one of these young guys in the NBA want to play with LeBron? Kyrie's already been through it. Kevin Durant, that guy, who the hell knows what he wants to do? Those are the two top guys. Anthony Davis, yeah, there's a possibility there maybe. But of any one of these other ones, you saw the news report, maybe you didn't earlier this week, Giannis Antetokounmpo turned down the chance to go, and I, yeah, I know I'm showing off there. Uh, the Greek freak turned down the chance to be in Space Jam 2. <laughs> At 20-something years old and in your early to mid-20s, it's the same thing as us as it is in the NBA. And in fact, in the NBA, it's even worse. For us, we look at 35 years old and we think it's something that we, we're not going to get to. I couldn't imagine at myself at right now at 32, when I was 22 years old or when I walked into that gas station at the corner of Lincoln Way and Genoa, when I turned 21 on June 27th that day, I never thought about my sons. I never thought about my wife. I didn't even know my wife at that time. I was still in college. I didn't think I'd own a house. I didn't think I'd own any of that stuff. Maybe someday down the line, it wasn't like, oh, no, I can't have that. It just wasn't a thought process wasn't in there. And for young, exuberant, fun NBA players, guys like the Greek Freak, guys like Donovan Mitchell, you really think they want to be a part of that? They want to forge their own legacies. They want to forge their own fun. They want to do their own thing. To be beholden to LeBron James and the LA Lakers, to have to have that type of pressure put on you, not for yourself, but for the legacy of LeBron. So he at 35, 36, 37 can have his fun. Why? When you want to strike out on your own, don't they want to strike out on their own? Yeah, I know it's just a movie, but it is also a sign of the times for LeBron James. 
I was watching earlier this week. They had the banana boat out there, and this was during Dwayne Wade's final game. And you had Chris, or you had you had Chris Paul. You had Carmelo Anthony. LeBron's there. Everybody's having a great time. And for my generation, it's like, wow, here they are. LeBron only has a couple more years. Paul only has a couple more years. Who knows what Carmelo Anthony's going to do in the future? And now Dwayne Wade is stepping away. Final game, final NBA game. What a great career, this Hall of Famer, this champion, this this leader of the Miami Heat for so long. Yeah, I know he went off the reservation there for the last couple of years, but he was back, and, and things ended the right way for Dwayne Wade, and we stand and we applaud. You know what guys like Giannis might have seen? There was some respect, yes, because they came before him, and they set them up for some of the successes that they enjoy. There's absolutely respect. There's also a thought where we ain't going to be there. That doesn't happen to us. Old man stink doesn't happen to us. It's only when we get older we start to realize. Yeah, it's starting to hit me. My son goes to preschool. He's never not going to go to school again. For the next 15 years, he will have to do something. There will be something in his life that is school or work or some sort of thing that he needs to be at at all times for the rest of his life. For me, I don't realize those things. I didn't realize those before. Now I do. Now I know what it's like to have kids and that whole thing. And I can't believe what I believed at 22 years old, now at 32 years old. And I'm sure I won't believe at 42 years old what I believe at 32 right now. And I'm expo- I'm supposed to expect, by the way, at 35 and 36, that maybe if we hire some young kid at 23 and 24 years old, maybe a kid who's starting out his career, maybe someone who I might not feel who's paid his dues the way that I've paid my dues throughout what I've done and worked four jobs and done all those things, you think that I'm probably going to take that the right way? More than likely not. I'll have to figure it out on my own, like LeBron has to figure it out right now. Because they don't want to go through what I went through. And Giannis Antetokounmpo and Donovan Mitchell and the young guys in the NBA, the fun, exciting next generation of the NBA, because we'll always create stars. You want to sit there and have to carry water for LeBron? Yeah, you could win a championship. You could have a ring. That goes to LeBron. The credit goes to LeBron. He has an opportunity here. There's no more Luke Walton. There's no more Magic Johnson. You got the team the way you exactly want it to be. You are in charge. Game of Thrones start tomorrow. You've won the Lakers Game of Thrones. I don't even know how that show goes, but I figure I'm pretty accurate with that. Maybe I'm not. You've won the Lakers Game of Thrones. But what good is it if nobody wants to join you? It's going to be an awkward offseason for LeBron James and the LA Lakers. 855-2124-CBS. Up next... Five burning questions. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. We'll do five burning questions here in a moment. I got to get to Rick in Oklahoma City. Rick, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Oh, yes, sir. I most, most appreciated that you took my call. I, oh, I had to take it. Go ahead. <laughs> you kind of hit. You hit home with me when you were talking about turning 21 because I have a daughter that just turned 21 today. Oh. And I have not been able to talk to her today because she's still asleep, obviously. <laughs> she doesn't She doesn't live with me. And she's got plans to go out with her friends tonight and everything. And I was going to ask you, for, you know, see if you had any advice for her on mm. just life in general. She's a super mm. intelligent girl. But... 
I do have a sports take, and but it seems like uh, you touched on just about everything I was going to ask you about, anyways. So, well, go ahead, with, go ahead with the sports, and then I'll let you go, and I'll give the advice here after I let you go. But go ahead there, Rick. Go. What's what? Okay. What do you want to talk about sports wise? All right, we'll talk about uh, basketball. We're going to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder and how I think that they really got just a lucky, lucky draw. Oh. How you know how poorly they played since the All Star break after they played so great before and how far do you think that they could even go well, they finished off i and i know they played against some whatevers but they 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 finished off the season pretty strong but because of how poor they were since the All-Star break, some people wanted to be nasty towards Russell Westbrook over it now i'm a Russell Westbrook defender i know some right. people don't like that but you you when when you get a draw like portland portland could be a dangerous team they won a whole bunch but i absolutely think oklahoma city can get them so it well, is a good draw. It is really a good draw. That is a very good six seed of what you had right there. Because honestly, I think right now when you have a team of veterans there, Rick, and you do, I yeah. I think that as long as you're not really facing in the opening round, like the Clippers got to take on Golden State. Ooh. Denver, I believe in Denver this year. San Antonio, ooh. And then you get up to Portland. Hey, yeah. you might have a shot to knock around against Portland. You might have a shot to knock around against whoever else you might say. So it, it, it's a little bit easier when you have veterans who, who are in that mix. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Man, we are 100% on the same page. Well, there we go. <laughs> Rick, I like man. it. Rick, I thank you very much for the call, my friend. I'll say this. Now, I everybody's situation is different, so you can't take me as the gospel. I remember the day I turned 30 years old, and I thought, it's amazing what we do in American life here, where the most change I think people go through is between the time they turn 21 and by the time they turn 30. So what I would say for him, and I don't know his daughter from Adam, I don't know anything about it, I'm going to make a rash generalization, Tom, Billy Jack, you can jump right on in and tell me I'm wrong if you want to tell me I'm wrong. I would say... When it comes to life, don't be afraid to take a chance. When it comes to love, if you're interested in men, take a guy who knows how to change a tire. If you really like a guy, make sure he knows how to change a tire. Because if he's willing to learn for you, that means he's willing to do what it takes to make sure that everybody's okay. Not in the classic sense where the man works and the woman stays at home. Not what I'm saying. There comes a time for every man and for every woman, for the relationship. You you need to do what needs to be done to preserve it and to take care of you and to take care of a family. There are certain things that if you're willing to learn it, you're willing to do other things. Changing a tire is still a necessity in American life, no matter what you do with smartphones, no matter what we do with any sort of technology. Some of us are going to find ourselves in a situation where AAA can't be there, the insurance can't be there, you better know how to change a tire. It's simple, personal rules in America. If the boy doesn't know, if he's not willing to learn, dump his ass as soon as you can. Because if you ain't willing to learn how to change a tire, you aren't willing to be there and hold her hand into eternity. Am I right or am I wrong there, Tom? I don't really understand the correlation, but I believe you. I don't really get it. You don't know how to change a tire, do you? I mean, I, I explained it to you. I, I've done it before. I've yeah. never had to do it alone. So I've done it with the help of other people. 
if a man is willing, what I'm pointing out here, if a man is willing to do what's necessary to make sure that his family is safe, right? I don't because at some think point that there will be a time. Is the best example of that. Oh, but I absolutely do. I absolutely do. I think it's because it's, it's the quintessential. Easy. No, it's not. Ask it, more it, from men. Oh, Tom! No, 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 no. You can ask more over time. The, it, it, knowledge is acquired over time. Like, there's things I know now at 32 years old about just life, I, even tractors and things like that. I didn't know it when I was 22. You know, acquiring tools. Like, everybody looks in a man's garage, and they see a whole bunch of tools, and they go, oh, my God. Well, look at what the Gran Torino even told you in that movie. You don't buy them all at once. Tools come to you over time. Knowledge, it's the same thing. It comes to you over time. If I wasn't willing to put in some work back then, how am I to be trusted now? If we really want to have a personal sociological conversation here, that's why I think half of the marriages fail or more over half of the marriages to fail. One, we want to be happier now. And before there was less marriages because it was, wasn't condoned like it was now. Two, people don't, there are a lot of people who don't want to work at it. And if you don't want to work at it, you're not going to find yourself in a, in a very good situation. So that's why I make that comparison. If you're willing to do what's necessary to make sure that people are taken care of, thinking safety first. Totally agree. Put somebody there else, you go. Put somebody else's well-being above your own. But that's a lot bigger there than changing go. a tire. That's a much bigger jump there. But that's what I'm saying. You get a real that's selfish the, dude who can learn how to change a tire and never learns empathy for his partner. But that's that's not true. That's not true because if he true. doesn't, if he what? Why? Why does you don't he not know change a tire? Possible to learn how to change a tire and still not have empathy for your partner? Oh, that's, you can learn how to change a tire and be a complete jerk. But why right. is she asking? Why is she asking you to change the tire there, Tom? Why is she asking you? So you can be reliable, dependable. So, so you, can you can be a reliable, dependable person. And if you're not even willing to do something that easy, how course, am I supposed fine. to be able to rely on you, say, if you lose your job, if we fall behind on some payments, if there's some unexpected thing? What if our kid gets sick? What if we find ourselves in real trial and tribulations? Am I supposed to believe in you that you're going to hold on and be with us forever? I don't know if I can. I'm dead serious about that. Dead serious about that, Tommy boy. It's I'm not just you. a tire just change. Not, it's a base. Right. It's just, yeah, there's a lot more to all the other things you just described than that first part. But I get that that's the step. That's a there, step. There's sure, more to I it. There's the, the reason why there's more to it is because we want there to be more to it, because we love to live complicated lives. It doesn't need to be that complicated. If we just put down our old swords and try to listen to each other, we'll be okay. How do you like that, Tom? You like that, don't you? I like it. We're do we good. do five burning questions? Let's push back five burning questions. Sure. I'm over here teaching life lessons over here at 32 years old. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff I don't know either. But I mean, there's you got my people uh, calling up from Oklahoma City for your advice on well, that 21 year old site. So it's it's true. It's true, Tom. How old are you now? About to turn 30 later this month. You're about to turn 30. What did you think of life when you were 21 years old? Uh huh. A lot uh-huh. a lot more positive things than I think now. Oh, that's that's yeah. That goes with life. Yeah, you're gonna have that. You don't want to be, I, I don't want you to be turned down by life and, and turned into a bitter person. Not saying you are, but uh, I think you do the I'm most learning. As, as a man, I think that you do the most learning as you will do to, to provide yourself to be the man you will be for the rest of your life between the years of 20 and 30. I think that's fair. I think the other trap there, though, is that your life ends then at 30, which I think no. a, lot of, a lot of miserable men no. who go through midlife crisis have a situation where their life essentially ends at 30, and I 
trying to keep things open. I'm trying that's to have why, a good, a, as, as active and exciting a 30s as my 20s. But that's why I would tell Rick's daughter, and that's why if he had a son, I'd say the same thing. If you feel you want to chase a dream, whatever that dream may be, you go and chase it right now because you don't want to be the type of person who sends guys like me emails after you get a divorce at 46 going, you know, I was at a college radio station back in the day, and I think I want to do this now. No, you don't. You just want to feel like you're young again, and that was one thing where you felt young because you spun a little bit of BSO, and then all of a sudden you felt that you were able to do it again. So everything was fine because, yeah, maybe you were able to get a little bit lucky behind the back of a concert there where you're at your college radio station because you were able to play enough Ted Nugent that the girls liked. But it ain't like that anymore, brother. You're 46, and you got grown kids, and you got to think about some other things. And now all of a sudden you want to start in an unstable career, and I get that stuff all the time, and Tom, someday you will too. So I would say to anybody who's turning 21 out there, if you want to be an actor, if you want to be in radio, if you want to be an athlete, you want to do whatever, do it, do it, do it. Because if you don't do it, someday you'll find yourself regretting it. Also, don't turn into a great big giant fat ass like me because someday you're really going to regret that too because you realize you can't give away those years or get those years back. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Do we have Jacob Wilkins in the studio yet? I'm here, Ken. All right, we'll get Jacob Wilkins in. With the update, with the latest sports update, we'll do five burning questions. I'll try to get to my Antonio Brown thought, but also I got another one. We got some audio lined up for you because, listen, you're just going to act like a little bitch about it. Either don't give up a home run or don't pitch in professional baseball. That coming up. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Let's get to the five burning questions. Go. All right, so James Harden just finished off one of the greatest scoring regular seasons in NBA history, 36.1 points per game. That's the most since Michael Jordan in Uh 86-87, and it's the biggest margin of winning the scoring title since Wilt Chamberlain in 1963. All that said, his playoffs career has been a very different story. So, Ken, is James Harden trustworthy in these playoffs? Oh, I I think that's the same thing as baseball pitchers in, in the postseason. Clayton Kershaw was questionable until he was actually reliable. It's the same thing when it comes to James Harden. James Harden is a preeminent player in the NBA and should be the MVP. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Giannis didn't have this that guy and that guy. He didn't have Chris Paul. Hell, James Harden didn't have Chris Paul for half the season. So he's my MVP, and he's also, yes, he's a reliable guy. until he's, he's he, He'll be unreliable until he's known as reliable, but he's one of the best players in the NBA. Yes, you should be able to count on the guy in the postseason. Next. So there's some buzz building around Spurs uh, assistant Becky Hammond maybe being in contention for a head coaching job, maybe even going in for an interview with the Cleveland Cavs who have an analytic style leadership Ah, now who may be looking ah. at her style of coaching, of course, coming off the Greg Popovich tree where she's been an assistant uh, since 2014. Let's flip this one on its head, though, Ken. Should she accept the Cavs job if offered? No, no. No. Uh, it'll be too young a team. Well, first off, you have Tristan Thompson there, and don't think people aren't going to make that a story. Uh, second of all, uh, you have, you're going to have a young basketball team. I-, I think it's different if you have guys who are veterans, guys who have families, guys who know uh, what it's like to probably step in some you-know-what on social media and things like that. Uh, you can't If a guy's a pig, you can't stop him from being a pig. But I think veterans, guys who have things to lose – they would listen better in these situations. And I think there is a difference between people who live online and then live in the real world. I, I brought this up yesterday, and some people got hot and bothered over it. And I thought, one, 
if if you want her to be with a successful franchise, a a good, at least a strong franchise, because she would have a good support system. You can't tell me, and this is where people get it mixed up because they live in online Twitter fantasy world of groupthink. If she were to go to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Cavaliers won 20 games next year, do you or do you not think, Tom, that I would be getting sexist calls about Becky Hammond? Yeah, of course. From the moment Bingo. she got hired to the moment that the season Bingo. Ended. Bingo. And it's the same thing in Phoenix. It would be the same thing in Sacramento. She needs to go to a good place because, one, I want her to be successful because you want other women to be able to be a head coach and to break that because basketball is a true game where mentally there is equality there. Physically, in the NBA, obviously it's different. But there, yes, good basketball minds can be a man or a woman. The second thing is, she has options. Can we stop acting like she doesn't have options? Well, she needs to, why can't she She build her way up the way everybody else does? Get the hell out of here. She is a Greg Popovich assistant. Do you think she doesn't have options? Please. If one of these teams fall, like say, say Boston were to get upset in the first round, maybe Brad Stevens goes, I- I'm bringing up a scenario here. She'll have an opportunity with better teams, with better veterans there. She's supposed to go to one of the top lottery picks? Get out of here with that. Stop. She has better options. Steve Kerr had better options. He was a great Popovich assistant. She has better options. She could wait. She does not have to go to a seller team that lives and dies by the draft lottery and lives and dies by tanking. Think a little highly of her skills first before we start popping off with that. Please, give respect where it's due. Obviously, if she's a trailblazer in this light, and she is, she's had to work her ass off to do so. So let's have a little bit of respect. Next. So the Steelers' never-ending melodrama had a couple more twists and turns this week after, of course, Antonio Brown threw Juju Smith-Schuster under the bus, trying to blame him for throwing away a season after he didn't even show up for Week 17's game. So then... A couple days ago, Ramon Foster goes on Twitter and puts out a statement saying, moving forward, any player or affiliate of the Steelers who has an issue with anyone still in the locker room, please contact me or Marquise Pouncey or anyone you feel you can talk to. Whoever whoever you have an issue with, we will get you their number so you can address them. I promise the media takes might give you all good traffic on your social media outlets, but the guys in that locker room who all, all still have to personally answer to this stuff. So, Ken, at this point, this mess of a Pittsburgh Steelers situation, which you could argue is the darkest period in the history of their franchise. What do you think at this point is the best path forward for the Steelers? Uh, Training camp starting on Monday. That would be it. And since training camp can't start on Monday, good luck with all that, Ramon. I know I know you have the best of intentions. This is only going to continue. Any chance, and, and, it, and it started to die down when Antonio Brown got traded and then him and Juju got into it, and then it fanned again. So until you guys get to actual work and you can start to play football and get some wins under your belt and legitimize what you're doing, this is just what you have to deal with, and you're no different from any one of these other teams. You cannot rest on your laurels when you've had such a disappointing season beforehand. I'm sorry, you're going to answer to that. You're not just going to answer to that. You're going to answer to any fallout that comes from it, including Antonio Brown, including Le'Veon Bell, and including whether or not your own quarterback is a good enough leader and whether or not your head coach is fit to be your head coach, which is what people ask on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh every single day. Not as much about Ben, but certainly about Mike Tomlin. This is where you're at. 
So I know you're maybe sick of it, and you're giving us some balanced options. I don't think that matters. When I got Rashard Mendenhall calling Ben Roethlisberger a racist on Twitter and then taking it back five hours later, which that was pretty nuts, uh, yeah, people are going to eat that up. Sorry. It, it, this is this is our lives in 2019, buddy. Next. All right, so your favorite quarterback, Johnny Manziel, or should I say John Manziel, came out this week and said that he's now John, that Johnny is behind him. He would like to be called John Manziel, or I guess John Football. Uh, this in the same week that Boogie Cousins also says he doesn't want to go by Boogie anymore. He just wants to be DeMarcus. So, Ken, what do you think about publicly requesting name change or nickname changes? Huh. Well, I mean, Terry Taylor was still always known as the Red Rooster, wasn't he? So, I mean, what the hell? Uh, with Johnny, Johnny, it seems to be more important. I think he is trying to change his lifestyle. I know there's, there's, and I've read some things, uh, things don't seem to be uh, very good between him and his wife right now. So I think that he's trying to change some things. How old is Johnny now? 27? 27, 28, getting there? 26, maybe 26. still? Is it still 26. Wow, he's still so young. Uh, I tell you, what I tell you, you'll learn most about your life, no matter what way you walk it, between 20 and 30, just said it, and I think that he's trying to learn it. I think he's trying desperately to try to find ways to balance himself and to figure out what his life's going to be for the rest of it. Because if he never plays football again, you just said he's 26 years old. He could easily live another 60 or 70 years. So which way is he going to go? And he has to find something to give himself some credibility in life. And if that's away from football, then God bless him. Yeah, I know from my position, it's easy to make him into a, to a goat and to somebody who's a nasty person. I've seen him get people fired with my own eyes but based on his play on the field and based towards his attitude around the NFL. But there's got to be something in there because you've seen his reaction with children. You've seen how he is towards children. There's somebody in there that could be a good person. And he's got to find that person. So if he's trying to call himself John and trying to mature in that way, then go right on ahead. With Boogie Cousins, who the hell knows? Maybe he wants to call himself DeMarcus. If he wants to call himself DeMarcus, he's never had anything against me, and I've certainly never had anything against him. I'll respect his wishes. I'll call him DeMarcus Cousins from now on. Boogie seems to roll off the tongue a little bit easier, and it seems to be more fun. But if he wants to be called DeMarcus, then you know what? I'm going to honor those wishes. I'll call him DeMarcus. It's like Albert Bell and Joey Bell. There you go. Next. All right, so the never-ending Sean Payton to the Dallas Cowboys rumors are for some reason (laughs) kicking up again, and he even had to address it again this week where he said, quote, I'm in my 13th year. I don't know how to answer it. I feel like it's every other year. It's on the odd number of years, so 2019 it comes up, and then we'll hear it in 2021. I've got Fleur de Lis tattoos that can't be erased. So I got to ask, will Sean Payton to the Cowboys ever happen? Just because you have a tattoo doesn't mean things can change. I can go get a 92.3 The Fan tattoo coming up later on today. Who knows what will happen tomorrow? That doesn't mean things can Tattoos don't mean that. There was a kid who had it. He was re- committed to Ohio State since he was in ninth grade, got an Ohio State tattoo. He plays in Kentucky now. Yeah, you can do anything you want. Uh, with him, It's a, it's it's there's always going to be some connection because as long as Jason Garrett continues to be a disappointment or the Cowboys continue to be a disappointment, as long as Sean Payton is one of the best-known coaches in the NFL and one of the most politically powerful coaches in the NFL, we talked about that two weeks ago, yeah, people are going to bring him up. People are going to bring him up. He legitimizes things. And for Cowboys fans, you know you feel the same way you would want to feel with you when you had Bill Parcells. 
Bill Parcells was such a legitimate coach, he took power away from Jerry Jones. Jason Garrett doesn't have that. Jason Garrett is basically Jerry Jones' ventriloquist dummy. Hate to say it, but you know it's true. With Sean Payton, you would want to feel the same way you did with Bill Parcells. So there is a legitimacy there that some coaches have, and I'm sorry, Jason Garrett just doesn't. Is that five burning questions? Sure is. Was that a suitable answer for you, a suitable analogy as well? I liked it. Good. Thank you very much. I don't agree uh, that the tattoo is a final statement on anything either. So. No. I, yeah, I agree with you. That's not that. This is also the guy who geniusly deflected all blame for the NFC Championship game oh, using the yes. media. So I wouldn't doubt him using the media to manipulate our opinion on this either. Yeah, I had Saints fans cussing me out because they didn't want to listen to it. But, you know, they cost themselves the truth out of that one. 855-2124-CBS. Do we have the Dietrich home run yet? Do we have that, Tom? We do we have it. that? We do we it. have it? Go ahead and fire that away if you could. Now the batter, Derek Dietrich, who's filling in for Votto. And how about this? Way back into right center field, and Dietrich is homered for the second time. And, of course, a pitch comes in at him, and Archer's going to be warned. Uh, Archer apparently has a problem with it. And David Bell saying, well, why warn him? And here comes everybody who wants to talk about it. These two teams have played each other quite a bit here in the early going, and it's feisty. That audio courtesy of Reds TV. Uh, first off, and Pirates, I should say Pirates TV, Root Sports. Uh, when I first saw this, I- I'm not saying this for effect. This was my first thought. I go, you know, if, if you're just going to be a little bitch about it, Chris Archer, then don't play for professional baseball. Don't give up home runs. Don't do it. And then I had a minute to think about it, and I went, man, this is beautiful, isn't it? This is what baseball needs more of, and I'm serious about this. I love it when when home run hitters pimp home runs. I think it's fun. I when you're a professional in not in college, not in high school, we always have to specify that. If you got a high school kid who's standing in the box pimping home runs and doing bat flips, that's probably asinine. But if you're a professional baseball player in Major League Baseball, you've worked to get to its highest level. I don't care if Derek Dietrich is a 29-year-old journeyman who hasn't hit that well in his entire career. I don't care. You've worked hard. You're in Major League Baseball. If you want to be a loudmouth like Kurt Bavakwa or anything like that, you go right on ahead. I think it's part of the fun of the game. We have heels. We have faces. It's the same thing in pro wrestling as it is in baseball. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. I enjoyed it because I got worked up about it, about a regular season game. I thought that about Chris Archer, who's a great pitcher. And I shouldn't have thought that about Chris Archer because Chris Archer, he missed him and he should have dotted him, was trying to serve justice. That's fun. If you're a Pirates fan and you're watching that game, and I don't know if we have clearance on 93.7 right now, but if you're a Pirates fan and you're listening to that game or you were watching that game on TV, did you or did you not want Chris, or Chris Archer to dot Derek Dietrich? Hell yes, you did. And as a Pirates fan, or I should say as a Reds fan, and I don't know if we have clearance down there in Cincinnati right now because of some games going on and everything, but did you not want Yasiel Puig to get away from everybody and go start cracking skulls? Of course you did. That's what's beautiful about regular season baseball and what can be fun about regular season baseball. Personality, being brought in, good, bad, ugly, whatever it might be. I loved when Bryce Harper in the eighth inning, back when they came back to Washington, when he was playing with the Phillies last week, did that great big nasty bat flip off that great big home run to put him up by so many in the eighth inning when all those national fans had left. Because it's theater. Because it's fun. 
That's what we need more of. We need more Bryce Harper. We need more Derek Dietrich. We need more guys who are acting like that. And I'm dead serious about this. I don't condone it in high school. I wouldn't condone it in Little League. I certainly wouldn't even do it in minor league baseball. Because you're already in the farm system and in a busher. But in Major League Baseball, where all the eyes are on it, I enjoy that. I enjoy when guys throw down dunks and stare at other guys. I enjoy when you see a touchdown and guys start to do dances and look at other players and get in other players' faces and talk trash to those other players. A little bit of fun, me versus you, good versus evil, can be a great thing for professional sports. It's fun for that. Also, audio courtesy of Fox Sports Cincinnati and AT&T Sportsnet. There we go. Those things can be a lot of fun. And so for first, yeah, I thought it was silly that Chris Archer threw at him. My God, don't give up a great big tater to Derek Dietrich, and he won't stand in there and admire his own home run. But if I can have that argument legitimately, and we can have that more and more, and have a little bit of fun while we do so, because just like everything else, it's meant to entertain, is it not? I think that can be a beautiful thing for baseball. Not pitch clocks. Not any of the other silliness, not with the cloud of you-know-what hanging over their head because, boy, we love to bring up the juice every time we can. Not about the National Baseball Hall of Fame and whether or not the voters for it are being ridiculous about who they put in, which they are. Not any of that. But good, strong personality bringing people in. I know that there's baseball purists out there who don't want me trashing up their sport with the talk of professional wrestling, like the talk of roller derby, like the talk of of UFC and other things. But it's always been the truth here in America. If you have a personal issue, it's going to sell. If you have a personal issue and people believe you have a personal issue, it draws money. The reason we remember the the Red Sox and the Yankees and heated rivalries is because it's a heated rivalry. It's not just with fans. It's Alex Rodriguez cussing out guys with the with the Boston Red Sox. It's Bucky Dent. It's Carlton Fisk. It's all that through history. It's Babe Ruth. It's personal. So seeing that, yeah, my first thought was, man, Chris Archer, what are you doing? My second thought was, man, this is a lot of fun, and I'd like to see more of it. Coming up next, Kyle Bush. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.